It's the Real Estate Podcast, across every state, city and town of Australia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning, also on Spotify and Apple, and wherever you get your podcasts from. And the weekend continues. Hope it's going well at your place on this Sunday morning, the 17th day of July for 2022. Coming up this morning, we are reflecting on some of the news, the analysis and the commentaries with some of the interviews last week on the Real Estate Podcast. And while many households around Australia are coming to terms with the rate rises, across the ditch, New Zealand had its sixth straight interest rate rise a few days ago, and the Reserve Bank of New Zealand raised the official cash rate by 50 basis points to 2.5%. New Zealand, in fact, was a leader in withdrawing pandemic stimulus, and the Reserve Bank there have moved hawkishly to to curb inflation, which was at 6.9% in the first quarter. Now, that's the highest rate in 30 years, and the cash rate is up tenfold from a record low of 0.25% back in October. So the debate in New Zealand is around how much is too much And most economists expect the Reserve Bank of New Zealand to raise interest rates by a further 50 basis points in August. There is growing expectation that after that, the rises may start to slow down. Why that's important to us, as you know, New Zealand is months ahead of Australia. And it is that time tunnel, that vision to look into the future just to see what is going to happen across the ditch in New Zealand. From first home buyers to property investors and everything in between, every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. And if you're celebrating your birthday today for the 17th day of July, happy birthday. You're in some mixed company. Camilla Parker-Bowles, she's turning 74 years old. David Hasselhoff, the Hoff, is turning 69 today. And Angela Merkel, retired from German politics. She is turning 67. And also on this day, back in 2009, Walter Cronkite, the American journalist, I was very fortunate in meeting Walter Cronkite back in 1995. Walter was the television voice of America in the 60s and 70s especially, calling the big stories like JFK's assassination and Neil Armstrong, of course, walking on the moon as well as the vietnam war from dallas texas the flash apparently official president kennedy died at 1 p.m central standard time two o'clock eastern standard time some 38 minutes ago grab your coffee and switch on your real estate breakfast every weekday morning from 6 30 It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. All right, let's check on your weather around Australia. First, we go to Sydney expecting a sunny Sunday. That's the good news. A high of 20 degrees today. Melbourne, unfortunately, grabbed the raincoat and the brolly, the showers with the wind to ease during the day. Your top is 15. 
Brisbane, blue skies and 22. That's the pick today. And Perth, showers to increase and your high of 18 degrees. Coming up next, it's the Sunday weekend review. Some of the interviews that we brought you over the last seven days. It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. Canberra has been growing strongly for for many years, as you point out. So more than 57,000 people have moved to the ACT in the last five years. And that's really proving a strong driver for our housing market and for land sales, unit and apartment sales. And, you know, and our expectation is that this will continue for many years to come in Canberra. Just how much of a problem is land in the ACT? Because there's a ballot system taking place already for land release. And I understand that thousands of people are missing out. So tell us a little bit about what's happening with that and the general growth of the area. If you're listening to this from outside of the ACT, you'll probably find Canberra's land release system and development system fairly unique compared to most Australian states and territories. For a start, the ACT government effectively owns the land and and leases it on a long-term lease to, to residents. But also when it comes to releasing new land supply, the planning and development and even the sales and marketing of the land is actually undertaken predominantly by the ACT government through their suburban land agency. So that means effectively the government here owns a property development arm, if you like, and is competing in the market with with other property developers, except that the suburban land agency holds a pretty dominant position. I mean, almost every land release here is, is a government land release. Now, what that means is that in our view, the supply of that new land hasn't kept up with the demand. It hasn't kept up with that population growth that we were talking about just before. So when there is a release of land in one of our new suburbs, there's this massive demand from buyers through the ballot system for blocks available. And to give you an idea how, how much, we're seeing you know, thousands of people applying for a stage release, which might be 50 to 100 blocks. You know, So in the order of 100 people applying for every block available. It means that Canberra's housing is now, average housing is now above a million dollars. We've exceeded Melbourne's average house price and and we're we're heading for Sydney to nearly be Australia's most expensive capital city to buy house and land, which is quite, quite amazing. Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. If next month is another 50 basis points, even with people ahead of their repayments, not all are in that situation. It's going to get pretty tricky to balance the household budgets, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So there'll be a large number of Australians with a mortgage who will now have to be increasing their monthly repayments to service their home loan, either now or in the months ahead as interest rates continue to rise further. And as I mentioned, you know, if you're spending more money servicing your mortgage, then you've got less money on everything else, uh, particularly in an environment where real wages growth is, is negative, that is inflation's higher than wages growth. And the RBA is expecting inflation to peak at around 7% later this year. It's probably a pretty brave person that's going to predict inflation to stop at 7%, do you think? Well, the thing with inflation, it means you know, ongoing price rises. So if prices go up and then they, they stop rising, that's uh, no longer inflation. But we've seen a lot of volatility in some of the key commodity markets, particularly oil, of course, with the price of petrol. A large part of that is due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine and particularly the sanctions on Russia. We've seen uh, disruptions to the global supply chain network as China is running this zero COVID policy and shutting down very large cities like Shanghai. 
So there's factors affecting inflation well beyond you know, what monetary policy can affect. And we're here in Australia, I might add that the floods, including the most recent floods around Sydney, are going to, again, dramatically affect the price of food. So lots of things that are outside the control of the Reserve Bank, which uh, means the inflation number, yeah, as you said, is very difficult to forecast at this point in time. Coming back to those households which have already tightened their spend, the worry is that those households who don't have reserves and those rate hikes uh, just keep going, particularly if they're at the 50 mark, I mean, that's just got the potential to just push them over the cliff. Oh, yes, there certainly will be some households that are going to find these higher interest rates you know, very difficult to manage. Uh, in terms of you know, raising interest rates, the Reserve Bank wants to get demand down, and that's one of the ways that they can do it you know, through, unfortunately, putting some extra pressure on household balance sheets or household budgets. So it's going to be important for those people in that, that particular situation to you know, manage their budgets very carefully. The good news is the labour market's very strong. The unemployment rate is the lowest it's been since 1974. So, And we do expect the labour market to remain uh, relatively strong. So there are some positive offsets, but no doubt some households in Australia are going to find these higher interest rates very challenging. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. It really has, doesn't it? It's got this Jekyll and Hyde property market feel about it. It does. Yeah, it does. If you stand back and look at the last two and a half years in Sydney real estate, it's been a real roller coaster. You know, the run down the hill was a really steep, fast, aggressive strength in pricing and and demand. And then when we reached the top, you know, and some of the macroeconomic changes and some of the social changes that had to go on, both in our domestic economy and also around the world, meant that, you know, the interest rate cycle changed quite quickly and quite ferociously so to see you know the values come down as quickly as it has is stark contrast to where we were you know not only 12 months 18 months ago and i think to your point in terms of the current clearance rate in a place like sydney hovering around 50 percent the current values on the buyer side is certainly having difficulty lining up with where the vendors are thinking values or where they're hoping value to be. So when you have that, you know, disparity, which is what we have right now, you know, you see clearance rates, you know, come down under 50%, which is rare in Sydney. You don't see that very often. Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. But now I think it's really has changed and the buyers are coming to me and saying, Samuel, I think I'm more worried about overpaying for this property than I am missing out because I know there's more to come. And I, I do believe that as an agent, we need to come up with some strategies and work closer with our buyers to actually enable you know, exchanges and unconditional properties to go under the, uh, under the hammer, I guess. And talking of the unconditional offers, are they softening now as a result of the current market? In other words, are people now starting to bring in some conditions? We are starting to see some trends of some longer settlement periods, but also the unconditional buyers, again, with the interest rate rise, and I think on on August, again, we're going to see another 0.5% increase. So a lot of buyers are saying to me, we don't want to put an offer or or, or go unconditional in that regard in case the interest rate goes up again and we're we're no longer able to fund that or, or service that loan. So we are starting to see a lot more buyers take that conditional approach. And as an agent, again, you've got to be adaptive to the marketplace to make sure that you can still exchange properties and work with your clients to get the best price, but also, again, work with our buyers to make sure they're comfortable throughout that process. 
It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. What you are talking about and telling your buyers in this changing market. Oh, it's a great line, isn't it? Um, it, it just takes everyone back to the, the basics of real estate, something that uh, you know maybe a few of us have forgotten we needed to do over the last two years in this, in this rising market. You know, buyers are always looking for the best deal and you can't blame them. If we were in the same position, we'd be doing the same. It's just going back to, to educating buyers. So that, you know, that, that fear of missing out has definitely passed. But there's still a cost of missing out. Buyers are getting re-rated, um, interest rates are changing. And Canberra is a market where historically over the last 10, 20 years, we haven't really seen a drop. So it's just talking to buyers and asking, you know, well, what are we waiting for? How do you know when the market's going to be going to drop? You know, we'll only know after the fact. I only know what the market's done a month after it's happened. So it's making sure that we've got those motivational factors, that we understand what their needs are and we, we leverage them to make that decision then and now and, and that they understand if they don't, that they're going to miss out. And first home buyers, now they're a completely different breed, like a different species when it comes to buying, aren't they? Most of them are not coming from any equity in their existing property, much more to contemplate to really chew over for a first home buyer. How are you in particular talking to these buyers? Yeah, it's, I mean, they've got a lot of enthusiasm, but let's not forget that they're also anxious, they're scared, they've, they've not been through this process before. So more than ever, it's, it's about educating and holding their hands through the process. You know, personally, I've, I've been working a lot closer with first home buyers. In fact, uh, tomorrow night, I'm running an event for a first home buyers boot camp where we're doing a, a mock auction. So we're giving all the first home buyers a little scenario sheet and holding a live auction for them. And then afterwards, we'll talk them through what their strategy was, um, you know, where they should have tapped out, if they could have moved forward. Um, just to give them that confidence moving forward because a lot of it's just yet yeah, a lack of confidence and a lack of know-how of how to navigate the market. From first home buyers to property investors and everything in between, every morning on The Real Estate Podcast. And looking ahead to spring, everybody's doing that. Let's see a little bit of sunshine. What's likely to happen, do you think, in the next few months? So I think within the next six weeks, we're going to see a lot more properties come to market. And I think for the spring market, I think it's going to be extremely buoyant and the property market will keep going on and it's not going to fall into a heap. There's always growth, especially in Melbourne over the last four decades. We've had the strongest growth of any state in Australia. And property buying fence sitters right now in the Melbourne market, what advice would you give them? Don't sit on the fence with every market that we've seen over every single decade. The one thing that happens is property prices always go up. Do not sit. If you're seeing a small decrease or decreases in prices at the moment, the right time to buy is always now, not tomorrow. We don't know where the market's actually going to go in the future. We didn't know we were going to have COVID. And once we hit COVID, those property prices soared. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.